Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. The title of my message that I'm going to be preaching um, has been titled The Power of Grace. The Power of Grace. Uh, what grace has done and the power of grace. What has grace accomplished? The power of grace. What are the benefits of grace? The power of grace. How do we walk this grace? The power of grace. Uh, how do we position ourselves to be able to reflect this grace? The power of grace. So there's a lot of things that is embedded in grace. And that's why I said to you all, please make sure that this month of June, if you can pay the price this month of June to understand the concept of grace, you walk out into any aspect of your life and you will gain victory in those very particular areas. All right, let's look at this three scripture quickly, which is our anchor scripture that we're using on this very particular service. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you can write it down. And also you can write down John chapter 1, 16 and 17. And also you can write down Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. I'm going to be reading all these three scriptures from the NIV. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. John chapter 1, 16 and 17. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. All right, let me start the first scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. Let's look at what the Bible is saying to us this morning. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved and it is true faith. He says, and that is not from yourself. He said, it is the gift of God. He said, not by works. He says, so that no one can boast. Look at what your Bible is saying. He said, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And then look at the thing that I like about that very particular scripture. It says, it is not from yourself. Which means even the faith that you have engaged in to take what grace has made available, it says both the grace and the faith, it says it is not from yourself. When God was bringing his son, the grace personified on planet earth, he factored in the faith dimensions that would need for the grace to become a reality. And so based on that, it says it is for grace that you have been saved. It says it is through the faith of God, which is in Christ. It is not from yourself. And the Bible encapsulates it and says it is the gift of God. When we use the word something being a gift, it is something that you did not buy. It is something that you did not purchase. Your own transaction or your own intelligence was not in that question, but yet it was given to you. For instance, let's say for somebody who you, you were not praying to have an iPhone, whatever latest iPhone or whatever Samsung or whatever product you were using. You were not praying for that, but all of a sudden, uh, you find a package that comes to your house or you go somewhere and this person decided to give you this iPhone. Uh, but guess what? The iPhone that you are current, that they are giving you is beyond what you were even bargaining for. There are some of us, apparently, we were asking that if we could just have Samsung S2 but not knowing that what the package that God has for us was not Samsung X2, huh? it was iPhone whatever. And so when the iPhone comes into your hand, do you notice something? 
you know too well that it has no part of you to be able to get that, especially when you know that the purchasing power to buy that iPhone was not even around your spheres. It says it is not from yourself. You say it is a gift from God. Then if it's a gift from God, how come man has factored in soft work to purchase this very particular gift? Because it's a gift, our business is to receive of what this gift has made available. But nonetheless, the church circle, which is the religious side of things, and thank God for God's grace, how he's been unfolding, what's called ordained day out, revealing his person to every one of us that made available ourselves to Christ to see the real genuity of what this grace is. It says it is not from yourself. It says it is a gift of God. And if you look at your Bible, the gift there, it's not a gift with an S. It's a gift without an S, which means it's a finite gift that has all possibility in it. It is a gift from God. So when God gave Christ, it is one that he gives us. Why did he do that? Because he does not want you to go and be looking for all that gifts. He wants you to just receive this Christ. And like my daughter post on, on after the yesterday's message, God is enough. Jesus is enough. The Trinity is enough. All of that, all of that was made in such that we was made in that way so that it can be easy for you to be able to comprehend and receive of it. You know, I've like saying this. I say God created the whole world. Using his son Jesus as the raw material. But after finishing it, both Jesus and God decided to encrypt themselves as a microchip called the Holy Spirit, which is now in us. But yet, all of that very particular possibility was both God and Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. If only you can just accept the Holy Spirit that is going to work with you, through you, and around you. He says, it is not from yourself. He says, verse 9. Not by works, so that no one can boast. The reason why for me I can be able to preach the grace message is because I did not die for myself. All of the possibility that I find in Christ Jesus is because it's a gift. And my understanding that it's a gift, the responsibility has now been placed on me for me to open what is in that gift. And this is where many of us as the church boys or church girls, we are living the responsibility for our pastor to open the gift. But sometimes when our pastor sees those gifts, if your pastor is manipulative, he don't then tell you what is in the very particular product. He takes the real product and gives you the cartons. And you are wondering why I have the carton, but the phone is not inside. Because why? He has seen how it works. You know, when, when we talk about this concept of grace... It's something all the time, what comes to my mind is the life of Moses. Moses was one man, uh, when we get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, why did he do what he did or did that what he did? Well, depending on the English, you can balance it yourself. But do you notice that Moses was the man that brought law on planet Earth, but yet he was living grace? <laughs> I'm going to show you in a few minutes. He was the one that brought law. That's why the Bible called it the books of, what you call the laws of Moses. It, he was the one that brought law, but yet he was living in grace. How do I know? Do you notice that Moses would do some certain errors and stuff, but yet he knows how to manipulate and enter into the place of grace, and yet he was able to bail himself out of that very particular reality, and yet the people who were there were suffering under law. Most pastors are like that. 
We bring in the law message, but yet we're experiencing grace because we know this is why most pastors are afraid. Because we know when we tell you all of this very particular truth, in quote, the fear of you dependent on us or probably the fear of us not having you or probably putting you in slavery, that very particular yoke will be broken off your neck. And so because of that, we then find a way of what I call DJ preaching. Whereby we mix both the law and make you feel as if without us, you cannot achieve anything. Hear me? Without darling, you can still be able to live the grace life. <laughs> without my life, without my wife, without any of the pastors that God is going to bring into platform church, you can still live the grace life. Because why? It is not of works. And so Darlington cannot boast of it. When Moses came down from the mountain, do you notice that Moses was writing all the law, but yet he was under grace. He was hearing the voice and all of the access. He was hearing, but when the law came to man, the law says that that very particular moment, uh, we have of our own self, we are not capable, so we need man to be able to make us capable. And that's why you see during the temple, Moses will receive all the animals and all of those very particular things. For as long as Moses said it is done, and so be it. Uh, because why? Moses was enjoying grace. But yet the people were enjoying what were suffering under the bondage of law. For you to see how Moses really enjoyed grace. Haven't you noticed that when Moses was about to die at that very particular mountain, that for as long as Moses was still wearing grace in court, the rope that was upon him, Moses could not die. <laughs> Moses could not die because why? it is not about the law that Moses brought. It is about his convictions of the grace that is upon his life and that he was walking with. And so while he was at the mountain, the devils and all of the angels were trying to fight. Moses, you must die. But Moses says, I can't die because why? Grace is working for me. I may not be able to understand why I wrote the law, but hear me, grace is working. The reason why Moses was not even allowed to enter into the promised land, can I tell you the truth? Was because grace and law cannot be in one place. One must give way for the other. And so the only thing that could give way was the fact that because the people have accepted the law, all of a sudden grace has to pack for the effect of the law to take shape. And that's exactly what happened with Moses and the children of Israel why he died at that mount and could not enter the promised land. Because why? Grace and law cannot cohabit. Isaac and Ishmael cannot be in one space. <laughs> because for Isaac, it was the works of grace. Because why all the parameters that could guarantee Sarah having Isaac was not in the picture. But all of a sudden, for Ishmael, it was the works of law. Because this was a short force of man that has brought Ishmael into the picture. Sarah, I mean, what's it called? Hey, guy, by that point in time, she has all of the strength for her to be able to push. She has all of her immune system working. And so when Adam knew hey guy, let me use the Bible term, when Adam knew hey guy, hey guy could be able to bring out Ishmael because why? It was all the works of man. But when it gets to Ishmael, I mean to Isaac, Abraham knew too well that at this very particular point, according to the doctor's circumstances, that my body can no longer be able to produce a child. But all of a sudden we could see it is not of your works. <laughs> it says, but it's a gift. That is why I, what you call Sarah and Abraham, they understand very well that Ishmael at this point of our life, it is a gift from God. I want you where you are to just one minute and just begin to lay hand on your head and begin to say, I receive this gift. 
I receive this gift. I receive this gift. I remove myself. I remove my intelligence. I remove my ideas. I remove my thoughts. I remove my understanding. But I just receive this gift. Open your mouth and begin to make bold that statement. I receive this gift. I receive. It's a gift. Receive it. For somebody as your hand is on your head, stretch forth your hand. I receive this gift. I receive this gift. I do not need to look for any other gift, but I receive this gift. I receive this gift. This gift called Christ, I receive of him. I receive of him. I receive of him. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's quickly look at the second scripture. It's going to get sweeter just now. That's just even the icing of the cake. Look at what it says in the book of John chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. John 1, 16 and 17. It says, out of his fullness, it says, we have received grace in place of grace already given. <laughs> Out of his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace that has already been given. He said, for the law was given through Moses. But look at what it says. He says, grace and truth. He says, it came through a man called Jesus. So the moment you are looking for the word grace, you are actually looking for Jesus. The moment you call grace, you are calling Jesus. Because why? Grace and truth, it came by a man named Jesus. But I'm going to go to the A part. It says, out of the fullness, out of the fullness of who God is, it says we have received grace in place of grace that has already been given. So which means that grace has been given and John at this very particular moment, he was making us to understand the mysteries of the grace that has been given. And this very particular mystery is the fact that it is the fullness of the totality of the grace that has been given to us. Ah, he says, out of his fullness. Oh, yes. I want you to understand this, that the grace that you have on your inside is the full version. The ability for you to stop looking for added grace. You know how we like pray, Lord, give me more grace. Lord, I need more grace. There is no more grace in Christ. Christ is enough. There is no more grace you need to go and pray for. The grace of God, which is Christ Jesus, is enough. If you pray that prayer, Lord, I need more grace. All you are saying is, God, I need more Jesus. As if Jesus, the one that you entered, was the little one. Hear me. The difference between the grace that you are currently experiencing and the grace that you will experience tomorrow, or probably the grace that you're going to experience after this very particular service, is hinged on one thing, the light of your understanding. And that's why every born-again Christian want prayers you need to pray all the time. It's, Lord, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened to see what grace is made available for me. If you can see that grace has given you your children, you will not be worried about what the doctor is saying. If you can see that grace has given your marital settlement, you will not be worried of your friends who are getting married and all of a sudden you become the chief bridesmaid. For over of your 11 friends or 12 friends, they all know too well that if you want to get married, they need to call you to be their chief bridesmaid. You will not be worried because why? Grace is working for me. Ah, let's look at the final scripture this morning before we go and look into what the benefits of grace again. Because grace has a lot of benefits. I'm not tired of the benefit. The benefit of grace. Let's look at the last scripture for this morning. It says Romans chapter 6 verse 14. Oh, of his fullness. I don't know. I just feel, I just feel, I just feel we should just, just speak that. Speak that into your life. Of his fullness. I'm full of grace. Oh, yes. 
I don't need any other grace. I'm full of grace. Uh, I, even as a matter of fact, I can even exempt myself. I don't even need the grace of my pastor. I'm full of the grace of God. Uh, I don't even need the grace of any father of faith. Uh, I'm full of the grace of God. Uh, and hear me, I'm not saying that the grace of the fathers of faith are not important. Uh, they are important, but if you can capture the grace of God, uh, when you are compelling the grace of your fathers of faith, uh, it's because you know that that grace that your fathers of faith, uh, they are currently operating is a gift and you can go there also align yourself and also partake of the gift that the grace that is upon your fathers of faith I'm full of grace. Somebody say it. I'm full of grace. Ah, it's of his fullness. Ah, it is not of his lead to her. God so loved me so much he gave me his fullness. When he used the word his fullness he's making us to understand that when Jesus was literally on that cross it was the fullness of God that was there. No wonder it makes sense when Jesus said it is finished and God look at Jesus and he's like, I, I know I give you everything. I know that the kabod and the internal glory, I know that my ecosystem has been placed on you, but what I'm seeing on the cross, it does not look like what I put in there. And so because of that, I'm going to turn my back to wonder, where is this grace that is currently upon your life, Jesus? But God knows too well that in Jesus dying, like he said in John 17, he says, the grace which you have given me, he says, I've given it to them that they may become one. So the moment that happened, God was looking up. Where is Kanyisa? Because I know that the grace should be on Kanyisa's body. Oh, where is Darlington? Because I know that the grace should be on Darlington. Where is John? Where is Joseph? Where is Sibongile? Where is all of these people? Because why? God knows too well that his son Jesus has placed that grace upon our lives yeah? of his fullness of his fullness Romans chapter 6 verse 14 he says yeah, for sin shall no longer have uh, he says for sin shall no longer be your master he said because you are not under the law hear me he says you are under grace <laughs> I want somebody to say this in a, in a calm voice you know this one you don't need to sound like a preacher talk like the way you like talking when you are talking to your babe I'm under grace. <laughs> Say it again with boldness. I'm under grace. Uh, I'm not under the laws of the law. I'm under grace. Uh, I'm under what has been accomplished, not what is yet to be accomplished. I'm under grace. Uh, I do not need to go to the river and pierce myself and carry chicken and pour the blood of a chicken on my head and throw it into one river. I don't even know where the water is coming from. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm not under the laws of where men think that they can calculate my process. They can know that plus 2 plus 3 is equal to plus 92. No, I'm not under that kind of calculation. I'm under grace where 1 plus 1 is equal to 11. I'm under that grace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under the grace whereby my economy has shifted from the economy of South Africa, but is now in the economy of God. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. With that being said this morning, mm, what are the benefits that we can see with this grace? What are the benefits wrapped in it? We must see. And for some of you, this very particular point is just going to be a reminder, but hear me. Uh, by the time I was preparing this morning, and the Holy Spirit was saying to me as I was preparing the message, he said the problem is not the fact that the word of God, um, it's not potent. The problem is the fact that the people who are receiving the word of God, um, they've not been able to align their thoughts properly into what has been accomplished. Do you know too well if you find a certain dimension of your life not working? Is because you have not captured the truth of that reality around that very particular space. And so what then do you do? You beat yourself to understand the truth of that 
for instance, uh, 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 I think I think something just happened around my family space and happened to, I think it's my, I don't know if they call it niece, cousin or something like that, my wife. And all of a sudden, she, she's trying to help one of her niece, something like that. Or, you know, those, those niece, cousin and nephew think can confuse me somehow. Now, she's trying to help one of her, what's it called, niece. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, uh, the, because of she has the resources, and this is a thing here about grace, she has the resources to help this very particular girl, but all of a sudden, by the time the report card came for my wife to be able to pull out the reality for this very particular person, guess what? There are some certain subjects that she could not be able to pass, and so on the base of that very particular strength of this subject not being in view, guess what? The subject gives her access to that reality, but not but all of a sudden, because she's limited in information about that subject, she's now stuck in one place. The same thing also applies to many of us. We are limited in the subjects of love, the subject of financial prosperity, the subject of abundance, the subject of stuff. But because we do not understand that, because of our limited knowledge of that subject, we are not taking the partaking of what grace has made available. Because why? It is not the problem with grace. It is the problem of the knowledge to pass that very particular exam that has been placed before you. What is the exam? Very simple. The exam is called the exam of belief. The exam of belief. Do you believe that in grace there is marital settlement? Do you believe that in grace there is health, there is abundance, there is, there is, there is all of everything that you can think of? Do you believe that in grace it is there? Do you know that the only reason why your principal, your principal or your school make you to repeat that subject is because the cutoff mark that guarantees you to enter into the next class or to get to promote into the next subject it's because you could not meet it. And for Jesus, all he's asking, it says, if you believe, I mean, I mean, I mean look, he said, blessed, and blessed is she that believe. He said, for there shall be a performance, which means you don't need to perform. Your belief can invoke the performance, but yet we want to perform without us believing, and yet we get ourselves into trouble. How pastors would then begin to tell you that if you do not bring the goat of, what you call the goat from your village, or the teeth from, or the teeth of a mosquito, or you go get the raw heart blood of a lion, it cannot work. And they now find a way to tell you that in all of that, go and bring $250,000. Because why? They say, blessed is she that believes. That on the strength of your belief, there is a performance. So all the works you need to do is to work the work of faith. in believing. Because performance can be done. But it's only based on believing. So stop trying to perform. Just believe. <laughs> Uh, stop trying to think if your ATM card will be able to bring money. As long as you know that the machine has, I mean, the, your account has money in it. And when you put your ATM, you do not need to pray and fast and to bind the devil. All you just need to do is punch the code. And the code for your ATM pin. For us, as our code of the ATM pin is called J-E-S-U-S. And all of a sudden, all of the thing that we are punching on that machine, it begins to come out. Ah. Ah, ah. What is the benefit of grace? Number one, quickly. Because we're going to take our communion just now. We're going to pray. Benefit of grace. It's a benefit. Hear me. You, you know, I, I, see, it's going to be nine I'm going to mention today. But, but, it's, but I just want you to understand it's a benefit. You do not labor for it. As I'm, as I'm going to be listing this benefit, please, I want you to understand. You do not labor for it. The rested life is you just believing. The rested life is you just changing your position. The scene of Adam was not the fact that Adam actually slept with another woman or he lied to his wife or he did that. Adam just shifted position. 
Because all of the sin of Adam was the sin of unbelief. God says, if you eat of this very particular fruit, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. But they disbelieve God and they say, no, we want to prove. We want our own work. We want to see. And from that moment, man entered into decay. The sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. Number one, what is the benefit that grace has made available? It's salvation and forgiveness. Salvation and forgiveness. Hear me, my beloved. I've said this several times without number, and I'm going to repeat it again. The moment that you give your life to Christ, the moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, he has forgiven you. The four there means the future forgiven. I, I, I tell people, I think the other day, I think it was my wife or somebody that was asking me that, that, that can man ever fall out of grace? And, and I look at that. No, I think it's not my wife. It was, it was a particular pastor that was asking me. He listened to one of our preaching on podcasts. And so he was asking me. He said, man of God, I need to understand. I listened to him. He said, but are you trying to tell me that man cannot fall out of grace? And I said, yes, man can fall out of grace. He said, why? I said, the only time man can fall out of grace is when the earth has finally eroded and grace is taken out of earth. For as long as earth still remains, the Bible makes us to understand that seed time and harvest. He says, shall not cease. That also includes the seed of grace shall not cease. So which means uh, you may think that the crime that you've committed two million times, God is tired and God cannot forgive you. Hear me. Grace is still calling you, come back home. Grace is still saying, I have it in abundance. And so because of that, come. Number one, salvation and forgiveness. No matter how big you think that your errors are, grace has made it. Grace has eradicated. Grace has the capacity. Grace carries a benefit for you that if you receive of this grace, you can receive of his salvation and benefit. When we talk about this grace, what do I mean? It, 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 grace is, is an offer of salvation and forgiveness for humanity, for our shortcomings. It is through grace that we believe and experience redemptions and have our sins forgiven. Psalm chapter 103 verse 12. Psalm 103 verse 12. He says, for as far as the east is from the west, he says, so... It says, so far has he removed our transgression from us. <laughs> you see what grace has done. As far as the east is from the west, so has God removed our transgression. You are the one that still keep counting your transgression. God has removed it. Oh, yes. You are the one that still keep remembering the pain. And which, let me say this. I tell people this. I say it's good for you to remember so that you don't want to go back to that very particular place. But don't remember for you to not put yourself in bondage because grace has literally made it as far as east is to the west. That's how far the thing is. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. He says, in him we have redemption through the blood. He said, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In him we have redemption, which means we have been redeemed in accordance of the riches of God's grace. Now, my question to you is the fact that is God's grace limited? Is God's grace small? Is God's grace, what's it called, a, a, a little or chickeny? Or is God's grace, I'm trying to look for words that, that, that can, but it says, it says in him we have redemption, which means we have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. I want somebody to take this very particular understanding that even while you are sitting on your couch or maybe lying on the bed, hopefully you are not putting me on your phone in the toilet listening, but whatever posture that you are taking, that hear me, I want you to understand that salvation and forgiveness is the benefit when you receive grace. 
It's like receiving grace. It's like buy one and get one free. But this morning I'm going to tell you that you can buy one grace and get nine free. Number one out of the nine free that you get is salvation and forgiveness. Before you committed that crime, he's already forgiven you. While you are thinking of committing that crime, he's already forgiven you. Now, is that a license for you to now commit the crime because you have been forgiven? No. The Bible makes us to understand. It says that, it makes us to understand that God forbid for us because we understand that much grace abound and all of a sudden we make mockery of the grace because why? We are sons and daughters of God that is led by the Holy Spirit. So we have a mature sense to understand that if I've been forgiven for this sin, which is S-I-S, all I need to do now is begin to renew my mind of the effect of what S-I-S is doing. I mean, S-I-N is doing in my life because the effect is what carries the S in the sin. Ability for you to renew. Number two, what is the benefit? We call it buy one, get one free in South Africa. But this moment, I, w- I wish I can tie to this message. For some of you writing, I want you to put a bracket, the power of God. I mean, the power of God's grace. Put in brackets, buy one, get nine free. <laughs> I think I like it that way. Number two, when you receive of grace, what is the benefit? Number two, unconditional love. Unconditional love. Which means God so much loves you to the point that if you are the only person on planet earth, he will still have died for you. <laughs> I, I, I like saying that. That God so much loves me to the point that if I'm the only one walking in South Africa, only one here, he will still send his son. He will still. That is the unconditional love for us. The unconditional love is God's grace demonstrated his abundance of love for humanity. Hear me, the kind love God has for you. You know, I so much believe, this is my belief. I'm not saying that I'm still trying to find a place where I can benchmark it with the scripture. But this is my belief. I believe that God so, so much loved all of us on planet Earth to the point that he will find a way to make sure that nobody enter into hell. I just Because why? The kind of his love that I experience in my life, in my vein, in my blood, even in my mind, in my thoughts. I'm like, nah. It, it's God so much love us so much to the point that he will not even allow the Sangoma or the Nyangas that have been doing wicked for them to actually enter hell. He will not. But all of that, because of his love, he created a portal called Believe and Accepting Jesus as your Lord and the person so that you don't suffer that very particular pain. Because why? I just believe God so much love us to the point that he will find a way and because of that, he is doing all that he can with us who are his PR management or who are his PR executive. To show that indeed, grace has unconditional love. What is this unconditional love? It provides comfort. Knowing too well that my father God loves me. When you know too well that God loves you, hear me, you will not be chasing the love of men. I like saying this very particular story. When my wife first of all met me and co. Because she knows that she's enjoying the love of God. She was willing to lust me or she was willing to let me go. Because why? If I'm not going to enjoy the love of God through this very particular man. If this man is not going to show me God. A different dimension of God. Then clearly I need to just stay with my God. Because why? Loves provide. It provides comfort. It provides reassurance. It provides a sense of belonging. Ah! These three things you must understand. This is what the unconditional love provides. It provides comfort. I know that I'm loved by God. It provides reassurance. I know that my Redeemer liveth. That though all of these things are working against me, it is going to come out for my good. It provides a sense of belonging, which means I know that I am one as the Father. And so because of that, I'm not going to be moved. 
unconditional love. Psalm 86 verse 15. Let's look at it this morning. Psalm 86 verse 15. I don't know, I just felt in my spirit that somebody this morning, you are feeling that, you're feeling as if the love of God is far from you. Number one, you're feeling that the love of God is far from you. That, and the Lord said to me that before I read this scripture, tell my daughter, tell my son that I love them regardless. God want me to tell you that regardless of what you think that you have done or regardless of your feelings, that your feelings does not change his posture for him. He doesn't change his love for you. You may feel as if you are not loved, but yet God is stretching his hand and saying, just come. I want to wrap you with my love. I want to wrap you for you to see this love that I have for you. And I pray for you, whoever you are this morning, that you receive the love of the Father in its pureness in the name of Jesus. Psalm 86 verse 15. Look at what the Bible says here. He said, but you, he said, Lord, are compassionate and gracious. He says, slow to anger. Look, see, God is not carrying shambok, looking for, I don't know who, who, who lied to us with this scripture. God is not carrying shambok, pursuing us to punish us. No, man, calm down, calm down. He says, abounding in love and faithfulness. Abounding in love, which means the moment you commit that very particular crime, the moment you feel as if your emotions is not working, God still loves you. Somebody say this, I am loved by God regardless of my fault. Say it, I am loved by God <laughs> regardless of my fault. First John chapter 4 verse 16. First John 4 16. He said now. He says so we know and rely on the love of God for us. He said for God is love. He said whoever lives in love. He said lives in God and God in them. What is he making us to understand? He said for God is love. Number two benefit. In your buy one get nine free. Inside of that grace. Is the fact that you enjoy unconditional love. Number three quickly. When we talk about this, what is again do we have as a benefit of this grace that has been personified called Christ? Is the fact that in it, one of the benefits is the fact that we have spiritual growth and transformation. Spiritual growth and transformation, which means your ability for you to grow beyond the level where you are right now. The ability, if your prayer life is two minutes, the ability to grow to three minutes. For some of you, you can even have overtaking grace. You grow from two minutes to two hours. Spiritual growth and transformation, which means the grace is not a complacent grace. The grace is a walking grace that takes you, that you grow from grace to grace as you make yourself appear before God in Zion. You appear, you grow in grace from grace to grace, from grace to grace as you appear in God. What is it? Spiritual transformation. It is God's grace empowering us as individuals to grow spiritually and experience personal transformation. Which means through the grace of God, all believers are inspired and enabled to develop virtue, cultivate inner peace, and live in alignment with the divine principle. When we talk about growth and transformation, it comes with these three things. Number one, ability for us to be able to develop virtue. Develop the kind of God kind of life. Huh? The kind for us he is, so are we. The virtue of God. A virtue that when men look at you, they say, ah, that is the grace of God upon your life. You know, it's that kind of virtue that when Peter, James, and, and all of those guys, after Jesus has left, and they perform a miracle, and the Bible says that the scribes and the Jewish leaders and all of them, he said they could see that there is a grace walking in this life and that they have walked with Jesus. Guess what? These guys were non-entities. These guys do not have the kind of pedigrees and certificate that these very particular men they have. But by the time that they look deep 
they could see that it is regardless of their certificates, but they grow into spiritual growth and they transformed. And there was a certain level of developed virtue that was in them. And number two, cultivating of inner peace. Where no matter how much the world is having trouble, you are chill. And number three, you live a life that you are aligned with divine. Hear me, let me say this. If your life is not really aligned to divine principles, the principle of the grace of God, the principle around God's kingdom, if your life is not reflecting that, you need to go back to the 101 of grace. What is this 101 of grace? Because for grace to be really effective in your life, you must align. How do I know? The Bible makes me to understand the book of John that Jesus was talking to me. He said, for my father walketh, so I walk, which means he aligned himself to the divine principle of walking. It is not. <laughs> I don't know how I got to shout that way, but clapper. The ability for you to walk. Walk out your faith. Walk out your finance. Walk out your relationship. Walk out your mind. Walk out your thought. That thing that is constantly beating you down. Walk it out. Because why? It is part of your divine principle to walk all of that. Grace provide that availability resources for you. Cause spiritual growth and transformation. Let's look at Second Peter chapter 2. I mean Second Peter 1. From verse 2 and 3. 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3. 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3. Look at what the Bible says here. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. It says, toward, through the knowledge of God. But before we run into it, look at what it says. It says, grace and peace be multiplied. Which means it can be multiplied. The ability for you to understand that the grace that you currently have for you to pray one minute. If you have a deeper knowledge that that same grace can be multiplied. Where you begin to pray two minutes. You begin to give. For example, I tell people, I say to give to your church is a grace. We need to just pray, God give our members the grace to give. The grace to give. It's a grace. And that's why for me, I do not compare. All I do, I go on my new father. The grace for the people. And hear me, if you do not receive the grace of to give, hear me, you are still not walking in the fullness of the grace of God. Because the ability for you to give to your church insists that the door of your church remain open and so that your church can also be part of the conduit to extend love, mercy, favor to people who knock the door. Your ability for you to, he said, grace and peace be multiplied to unto you through the knowledge of God. He says, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, he said, according to his divine power, he has given us all things that pertains to life and to godliness. He said, but through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and what? Virtue. We have been called to glory. We have been called to live the ecosystem, but there is virtue that we need to begin to display. Spiritual growth and transformation. Look at what Paul says here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. He says, by the grace of God, he says, I am what I am. He says, and his grace which was bestowed upon me, he says, was not in vain. Look at what it says. That on the strength of that grace, he says, I labor more abundantly. He said, than they all. He said, but not yet I. It is the grace of God that is in me. So which means the grace of God carries the capacity to make you labor in spiritual growth and transformation. Oh, yes. Many of us think that the grace of God, having that grace, let me go and sleep or let me just go and find myself in Orlando, that place there in Orlando, and just go and chill and have chisanyama. No. That is a labor dimension. The labor to understand that I have. Now, when we say the labor dimension, let me use the gift of iPhone I use. Do you know that when you receive that very particular gift, the iPhone has been wrapped into a particular package and inside that very particular box, 
But do you know that the path for you to labor is for you to receive of the gift, number one, and begin to tear all of those very particular package or open the package until you find the phone. And when you even get the phone, until you activate the phone by owning it and putting a SIM card. Now, that is what we do. Because why? The phone has been given. The labor we need to do is to open what is in this phone. How can I benefit from this phone? And that's my job I'm doing for you this morning. That I is a labor. He says, I labor more abundantly than they all. No wonder from his labor we can see how God's grace was made available to him in a wonderful way. One of the things I posted on my Facebook about a few days ago, I said, hear me, it will be God killing you to bless you beyond your capacity. Ah! God is too intelligent and too smart to do that. If you find yourself currently now operating at a certain level of grace in your life, hear me, expand your capacity. God can only fill you to the capacity or to the container you bring before him. Stretch yourself. The grace is, see that grace is like, it's like a, what's called a rubber band. You can stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. It does not cut. You can, as long as you can still stretch, the grace can occupy. The grace is like the oil of that very particular widow that as long as containers keep coming, the oil looks small, but the container keep taking the shapes. I mean, the oil keep taking the shapes of the container that was presented before them. The same thing also applies to you. Spiritual growth and transformation. Spiritual growth and transformation. Look at Jesus himself. When this grace himself was upon earth, because he knows that the grace of God was upon his life, and it's the grace that was presented to us mankind. Look at what it says in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 40. Because I want you to get this. Luke 2 40. Look at what it says. He said the child Jesus grew up and become strong. The child Jesus did not just come up from his He grew and he become strong. Look at what he did. An increase in wisdom. Wisdom. The wisdom on how to run your home. The wisdom of how to run your life. The wisdom of how to run your finance. The wisdom of even how to run your spiritual life. He said Jesus grew and increased in wisdom. He says and the grace of God was upon him. He was grace personified, but yet at that very particular moment, he grew to the point that where he was now becoming grace fulfilled. Grace fulfilled. Because why? He increased in wisdom. He increased. Many of us, we want to operate the grace of God, but our wisdom capacity is nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Some of you, literally, by the time you receive your salary, the first thing you do is for you to actually go and check. Oh boy, let me go and spoil myself. And God is looking at you. Ah, for the fact that I gave you grace and power for 30 days. You could not at least just to say, Father, thank you. This is my one tenth that I'm bringing before you. For some of you, before you even think of even trying to pay your bills, the wisdom to pay your bills is not even there. You want to go and impress a friend who does not even like you by buying their Ashoebi. What is Ashoebi in South Africa? By buying their material to go to their wedding and yet your children's school fees is not being paid. Transformation. Ability to understand spiritual growth and transformation. Ah! Number four. Let me just leave that part because I can say things that will put me in trouble. Number four. What is the benefit of buy one, get free? Concerning this grace is the fact that this grace has strength in times of difficulty. When you find yourself in times of difficulty, the God's grace is abound in that. Which means God's grace provides strength and support during challenging time. 
It offers solace, courage, and hope when facing adversity, loss, and difficulties. God's grace can uplift individuals, providing them with the resilience and endurance to overcome obstacles. God's grace has all of it. The ability for you when facing diver, when facing different kind of difficulty, you know too well that in this adversity, just like Job, there he slay me, yet will I serve him. On the strength of that conversation, Job said, ah, the sickness could not kill that guy. It could not. I said, I don't care, forget this thing. There is a superior knowledge I have concerning this man called God. I will still serve him. For some of you, literally, because you do not understand what grace has done for you, just because your boss has actually just preempt, or maybe in the memo that was sent in the office, they preempt that they're about to fire people. All of a sudden, you've lost your salvation. We, Because why? You do not understand that in the days of adversity, in times of difficulties, in times of challenge and loss, in times of whatever that you are going through, there is a strength for it, which is available in grace. Look at what it says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is God saying, my power. When you are weak, that is the point that your power. You know, I remember when I'm saying this, I just remember a particular story of a particular lady. Um, and, and, and she called me and she was saying to me that she has, um, what's it called, an interview for her to, to I, think, I think she has a meeting that she wants to go to. And so all of a sudden, by the time she was talking to me, and she now says, because I know she listened to Platform Church. Uh, she's, she's one of the, for lack of a better word, distant family of the church. So, because she now said to me that, Pastor, you do not understand. In that very particular interview in which I've gone into, I know that I messed up. I know. And this is my response to her. I think maybe she's trying to look for pity party from me, her pastor. I said, no. I said, the moment you can provide that very particular place of your mess up, I said, yeah, allow God to feel it. And she was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but Pastor, I say, hear me, calm, calm down, calm down. The moment, look at what he said. He said, for my power is made perfect in weakness, which means the moment you find yourself in the weaker circumstances where the odds are against you, my dear, just know that God's grace in that difficult time is made available. Your part, receive of the grace and mix it on that very particular weakness and find yourself coming out of it. And that was my advice I gave her. And she's like, no, thank you and stuff. And all of a sudden, I'll just send a few scripture and call that at the end of the conversation, he said, no, but prof, thank you. Now I understand. Now it makes sense. Because why? Many a times we do not labor in making our members or making you yourself to make sense to you about the word of God. And I said to me, I said, see, for God's power is actually strong when weakness is on the table. Most of the times we want to be strong to come to God. I remember one time a particular lady was saying to me, no, man of God, the reason why I'm not coming to church is because I want to be perfect. I say, are you, are you normal? <laughs> are you okay? Like, who deceive you? You want to be perfect. To come. God is not looking for the perfect you. God is looking for the available you. God is not looking for you to have all your cards on your table, on the dock. No. God is looking for you with the messes of that card. Bring it on the table so that he can help you fast, quickly to adjust that card so that it can look like the version that he created in you. Ah. He says, therefore, I will boast in all that the more... He said, therefore, I will boast... I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. He says, so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
The weakness there is not talking about him sleeping with artists. You know, Paul, Paul wasn't sleeping around and all of those things. He wasn't cajoling people and stuff. He was saying that in times of difficulties, in all of that weakness that I'm finding myself, I'm just going to chill. I woke up this very particular morning. I have a lot of stuff that I was trying to do in my head. I'm thinking, God, this week I'm cool. For strange reasons, God was saying to me, but in times of the, God was preaching number four to me too. In times of difficulties, why don't you allow me? And guess what? There is this inner peace that just entered into me. And I'm like, I'm going to do God's work in smart. Because the things I want to do, the ideas and the actions of faith that my wife and I want to take, if I tell you some of you, you will have a headache. Point number five, quickly. When we talk about buy one, get nine free. Remember, I think I like the title, buy one, get nine free. Which means you buy grace, you get nine inside grace free. Number five of the buy one, get nine free is the fact that grace has made a benefit called guidance and wisdom. Guidance. Guidance and wisdom. God's grace illuminates the path of every believer. God's grace provides guidance for us all and it gives us wisdom. It helps individuals, it helps you and I to make choice that is aligned with the divine will and lead us towards them to a purposeful and meaningful life. God's grace. It has guidance and wisdom. Ability for our path to align according to God's will. Ability for us as a believer where God is by, this, by himself, if you allow him, provide you guidance and wisdom. How do I know? Proverbs chapter 2 from verse 6 and 7. Proverbs 2, 6 and 7. Look at what the Bible says. He says, for the Lord giveth wisdom. He say, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and what? Understanding. Are we? He said he lay up of sounds wisdom for righteous. He said he is a butler. He says to them that walk uprightly. He said for the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth comes understanding. God gives wisdom. In this thing of buy one, get one free, there is a dimensions of the wisdom that God can give you. Was it not in your Bible? He says, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that none of your adversary will be able to contradict or gainsay. Because why? He is a wisdom given God. Look at what it says in James 1.5. He says, now therefore, if anyone lack wisdom, he says, let him ask. He says, for God who gives generously without finding fault, he says, it will be given to you. Many of us think that God gives me, when God wants to give wisdom, he's busy looking, what, what is the fault has Darlington, what fault has Canisa committed, what fault uh, has Bungili committed. And no, 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 see, see, God is not a fault-finding God. No, he's not a fault-finding God. He's a grace-finding, he's looking, is the grace of my son upon this very particular person. It's there, take wisdom. Because it's a joy for God for him to lavishly give you benefits, so that out of the benefit of God's lavishing you, you can stay put in God. God is not looking for you to qualify before he bless you. No, he wants to bless you so that you then stay with him. So indirectly, God is using his grace to woo you, to come to him. That's what grace is. God gave you grace to woo you. Like, hey, oh boy, let me give you this. Let me give you this. What else again do you need? Take this. What do you need? Take this. What do you need? Take this. So God is a giver. He's not a taker. He's busy giving you all of the lavish grace just because he wants to woo you. And that includes guidance and wisdom. Mm. He said, for God, he said, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth is knowledge and understanding. Understanding is what you need to pray for, whereby you now understand the matters of your life. These are the things I need to do. You know, you, it's a knowing. 
It's not a probability. It's not just an information. It's a knowing within you. This grace has guidance and wisdom. Point number six quickly. What does this grace have? Number six. The fact that it comes with inner peace and joy. Inner peace. The kind of peace that passes all human understanding. Inner peace and joy. God's grace brings inner peace, a sense of joy that transcends all circumstances. Where though he slay me, you keep saying I will serve him. It fills the heart with contentment, gratitude, and deep-seated happiness. It fills your heart. I wake up every day. My wife will tell you point blank the first thing that the two of us, obviously now, she has captured that part about me. Thank you, Jesus. Because why? It is not about what he has given me. It's not about the external factor of the things that will come into my life. It's the fact that I know that I have everything in me. And so because of that, Father, thank you. Thank you because you opened my eyes to see. Thank you because I'm blessed with a beautiful wife. Thank you because I know that my wife is a mother of many nations. Thank I just keep thanking him. He's an inner peace. Do you notice that most of what you think is a problem in my life is not a problem? Well, let me help you. It's not a problem. I don't even have that thought in me. Ah, forget it. Because I have this inner peace. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Romans 15 verse 13. He said the God of grace. He says and the God of hope will fill you with all joy and inner peace. In what? In believing. Believing. I feel like sounding like Jacob Zuma. In beninging. <laughs> it's not in believing. What are believing on beninging? In believing. He says, so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in you. Romans 13, I mean Romans 15, 13. You can also write down Romans chapter 14, verse 17. He said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. He said, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Inner peace and joy. Point number seven quickly. When we talk about the concept of Ability for us to believe. What is it upon number seven? In terms of the benefit, the buy one, get nine free. I'm giving you the number seven free. It's the fact that we have communion and fellowship. When the grace of God is upon your life, hear me. It's an empowerment for communion and fellowship. It's not a fact that the grace of God is now upon your life. All of a sudden, now the next minute we'll see you on Sunday. We can't find you. The only time we'll, the last Sunday we'll see you is today. The next time before we we'll find you again, you are in Dubai. All of a sudden, now it's on Sunday. You now know how to put an appointment. It's Sunday. You now want to go and see your friend. That Sunday is when you now want to go and do marathon race. Are you normal? <laughs> you know what I mean? You normal? My daughter would just laugh. These days, she just know how to catch one line now from my mouth. Are you normal? On the Sunday, that's why you are going to do marathon race. Do you want to, I, think, I think it's spa that has that very particular. For me, I call it a demonic race on Sunday morning. I, I, can you run, can't you run on Saturday? What's the problem? And guess what? Most believers are running on Sunday. Instead of sitting down, fellowshipping, communion with God. God's grace fosters a sense of community. It fosters a sense of communion with the Holy Spirit. It fosters a sense of fellowship in among believers. It encourages unity, compassion, and supporting of others. It creates an environment where individuals can experience love, acceptance, and share spiritual journey. That's exactly what the benefit of this grace of God is, my dear. If the grace of God will come upon your life and you leave church, you did not receive grace of God. Oh, let me say it in broken. You don't receive any grace from God at all. Whatever grace you receive, go and check it because I don't know what other grace you receive. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. 
Psalm 16, verse 11. Look at what the Bible says here. He says, you will show me part of life. He says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. In your presence. Mark that word, in your presence. Which means it fosters communion and fellowship. It fosters community among one of us. What I mean? One and another. It fosters it. Guess what? If many of us have this knowledge of the truth of what grace has made available, your pastor should not be asking you, are you going to be in church on Sunday? That should, that should, that should be an error that should come out from your pastor's mouth concerning your life. If your pastor will have to ask you, will you be in church on Sunday or on Thursday? Ah! Something must be wrong with the grace you receive. Because why? It fosters communion with the Holy Spirit. He says, you will show me the path of life in your presence. The more we appear before God and Zion, we are transformed. We are changed from glory to glory, trying to unveil the mystery. But for some of you, poo, ah, pastor, see, the preaching you preached three Sundays ago, I'm still trying to digest it. And yet, if I ask you what was even the preaching I preached three Sundays ago, you do not even know. So stop deceiving yourself. Stop deceiving yourself. Think you're deceiving yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews 4, verse 16. He says, let us approach the throne of grace. The moment you come into a platform church like this, you are approaching God's throne of grace, which is physical representation of what is in heaven. And that's why when you come to the throne of grace, my job for me is to preach Christ. It's not to preach self. It's not to preach politics. It's not to preach all of those things. It's to preach Christ because you are coming to the throne of grace. He said that we may find and receive mercy and find grace for help in times of need. So when you come to the throne of grace, your church is literally the physical representation of what the throne of grace looks like in heaven. So it's our job for us to make sure that we beautify it and come and fellowship with it. Ah! I think I'll just need to leave that part. Point number eight quickly, because I have some certain things I want to talk about. But point number eight, when we talk about God's grace and its benefits, what is it in number eight? God's grace. The, the title of my message in the broken slang is buy one, get nine free. In the buy one, get nine free, what's the number eight? It's the fact that when we have the grace of God, it gives us hope and assurance. God's grace gives us hope and assurance. Which means God's grace instill hope and provide assurance for us for the future. Yeah. Is it not in your Bible where he was talking to, 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 to Jeremiah? He said, for I know the thought I have towards you. is a thought of good and not of evil, but to give you a hope and a future. Which means God's grace has a future that is embedded in it for you. It has it. If he can do it for Jeremiah, who has the Holy Spirit on him? How much more you who has the Holy Spirit in you? Abba. It gives us hope and assurance. It assures us as believers of God's faithfulness, of his promise and his ultimate plan for our life. Hope and assurance. So the next time you are feeling hopeless, ask yourself, do I have the grace of God in me? If I have the grace of God around me, that means I can't be hopeless. My tomorrow is still better. My future is still clean. In fact, my future is still clean to the point like we call it in Nigeria, it is tear rubber. It is, it is, it is, it's a chassis, brown new chassis. That's how my future is clear. No, my enemy has not even seen my tomorrow. That's why they are trying to frustrate me because they don't know how my tomorrow look like. Can I say this? The reason why you are going through that challenge is because the enemy is very clueless of your tomorrow. And so he wants to challenge you today so that you don't bump into your tomorrow. So you need to tell the enemy, I know what my hope and my future look like in Christ by the grace of God in me. So I will not allow you to take me out of the future and the hope God has for me. 
Look at what it says here in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. He said, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For who that for anyone who comes to him must believe, must have the hope that he is the rewarder of death. So there is an assurance of hope that when we go to God and an assurance that he is a rewarder. So because of that, you will come. You will come. You will come boldly to pray because you have the assurance and the hope that he is a rewarder. You will come boldly to the throne of grace because you have the assurance and hope that he is indeed a rewarder. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. He said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. <laughs> he said, if we ask anything according to his will, he said, he hears us. What is his will? I've told you his will, that Christ be made manifest. You know, sometimes the Bible, we like, we like complicating stuff. The will of God is that Christ be made manifest in the life of men. It's as simple as that. That's the will of God. The day this very particular truth hits me, I promise you, I stop, I stop, I stop my own works of righteousness. I stop it. The will of God is the fact that everyone received Christ. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Which means all of God's thinking is the fact that Christ will make manifest in your life. That is the will of God. The will of Jesus, for example, is the fact that you leave all that God has made available. And the will of the Holy Spirit is to make sure that the truth of what Jesus has presented before you find expression in your life. Literally, that's the simple of all of this message that we've been shouting for the past years after Jesus Christ has left this earth. He says this is the confidence we have in him, in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, what is God's will that Jesus be made manifest in your life? My question to you is the fact that is Jesus your all and all. And like I like saying to you, God is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus plus nothing is equal to enough. <laughs> if you have to write it there, Jesus plus nothing is equal to enough. Write it in your book. Write it boldly. If I were some of you go and write it at the front of your TV, so that you are watching that Telemundo or watching Generation, you can see Jesus plus nothing is equal to enough. It's enough. Stop, stop adding things. That's why you find yourself, even when the blessing comes, you do not even know what makes it happen because why? You have added here, you have gone to this, gone to that, do all those. Jesus is enough. It's enough. Hope and assurance. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John 3, verse 2. He said, Dear friend, he said, Now we are children of God. And he says, And we. He said, what we will be, when, when what we will be has not yet been made known. He said, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. He said, for we shall see him as he is. Now, that is our hope. And guess what? By the time I was reading this, verse, this morning I was meditating. I said, I just want to see. I know that I've been preaching about this Christ. I know that for us, Christ is so am I. I've seen all the events that what God, but I want to see him. The hope of me wanting to see him will not make me deny Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Because why? I have a hope and an assurance that tomorrow I will see Jesus physically. And so because of that, oh boy, it's either I see Jesus physically in the rapture or I see Jesus when mortality catch up with immortality for me or I see Jesus in death whichever way I want to see this guy. Ah, because I know that by the time I see him, there are dimensions of him I've not even explored. Like, ah, but Jesus, <laughs> okay, send me go back to earth. I want to go back again. Let me go and finish this part. Because why? Of his fullness have we received. 
He's so full to the point that hear me, no matter how much you live on planet Earth, two billion years, you will still be unveiling the mysteries, the possibility, the grace, and the totality of God. You will still be unveiling. One man that I look all the time that gives me, hear me, me, I look for things that empowers my, that empowers my, I don't look for those, I don't join those, um, I call them, those depressing gangs. Ah, ministries, I don't join those gangs. When I look at the life of Bishop David Oedekpo in Nigeria, many of you know him. And I look at him. <laughs> I look at his journey when he started his ministry in the 1980s. I look at his journey from that time. And up till now, you know, of recent, I think a few years back, he built a church called the Shiloh where his ministry is, where he's having five services or six services. I can't even remember now. And I look at it, 50,000 capacity sitting. <laughs> For me, my mind, my that's the end of ministry. I'm like, these guys, these guys have arrived. That's what they have arrived. He's currently, <laughs> he's currently building 120,000 capacity sitting. Guess what? He did not go to the bank to borrow money. He did, when I saw that one, I said, okay, it's enough. I'm like, okay, it's end of discussion. It's end of. But guess what? What was I learning from the life of Bishop David Oedipo? That for as long as we still remain in Christ, there is a hope and an assurance that every day is a new package. <laughs> every day is a new you. No, that man, eh, he, he, my phone, literally. My, for those of you who have seen my phone, his face is there. <laughs> when I look at him, ah! he is just an exemplary example for me. As a man who appeared before God in Zion and he's been transformed from grace to grace. When I look at all his son, too popular of his son, David Ibiome and Dr. Paul Eneche, and I see the things, and guess what? God no desire to do good. God no desire to do miracle. God no desire. How am I speaking broken? God is not, God, God does not get tired in trying to give you one level of blessing to another. That's exact. Guess what? You would think that God has done all of this. You know, his children may not, his children were even surpassing him somehow. And I then understand that a genuine father will pray that their children grows more than that. In fact, on the strength of this, I declare that every one of you currently listening to me, those of you that have bought into the visions and have submitted yourself to the authority of this kingdom, I declare that where I stop, you will begin from there in the name of Jesus. I pray for you this morning that whatever is my limitation, you will surpass my limitation and you will display God bigger than me in the name of Jesus. Jesus. That's my prayer for you. I pray that you grow big. I pray that you become, when, when people are looking for the signature of God, they should call your name. Ah, that have you seen Joseph? Have you seen Kanisa? Have you seen Sebongile? Have you seen Patricia? Have you seen Darlington? That is my prayer for you. Hope and assurance. He says, for we shall see him as he is. Don't you want to see that Jesus? I want to see him. I want to see how it looks like. Point number nine. And I promise you nine because my time is really running out. Point number nine. Uh, is the fact that when, when, you know, I'm just excited. Let me just do a drive-thru, a drive-thru. For those of you just joining us now, we're looking at a message tied to the power of grace. And the power of grace, I, saw, I told you the AKA title is buy one, get nine free. And so number one, we look at the fact that this grace, one of the benefits is salvation and forgiveness. Number two, we talked about his unconditional love. He loves you more than you love your cat. 
He loves you more than you love that very particular phone that you use. He loves you more than you love your own very life. Number three is the fact that in this grace, the benefit there is the fact that we have access to spiritual growth and transformation. Number four is the fact that with this grace, in times of difficulties and challenges, the grace is made powerful in those very particular scenes. Number five is the fact that when grace, when we find ourselves in a place where we do not even know what to do, grace in it carries guidance and wisdom. You can bank on grace for guidance. Lord, I do not know how to do this business. And he will tell you, go Google this, 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 and this. And Dololo. What is it Dololo? And Buja. You get it. You get it. Bah. Guidance and wisdom. In this grace, we have inner peace and joy. In this grace, we have a communion. We have access to communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit as much as we also communion with one another. Like currently now, as we are currently preaching, we are communion with one another and forcing Christ in our consciousness. And number eight, I said that in grace, the benefit is the fact that we have hope and assurance. Number nine, what is it when we talk about as grace? The fact that grace has embedded in us the newness in Christ. Newness in Christ. You know, so I'm saying this scripture already, I'm just already feeling some, there's this thing I'm feeling in me, I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, when, when for you lady, when you meet that guy, and the guy is like Idris Alba, I'm not saying it's Idris Alba, Idris Alba is married though. Don't go and covet somebody else's husband or wife. <laughs> let, me, let me say that. You see the guy, the guy is like Idris Alba, or Maurice Chestnut, or like Darlington Steve. Darlington Steve is married though. He's married to Kanye Sassoram. Let me, first of all, put a disclaimer there. <laughs> But all of a sudden, you know that very particular feeling, you like, oh my gosh. Well, all of a sudden, you just begin to catch cold in summer. <laughs> Your skin begins to, re that is what it means with this grace. It gives you newness. He says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, if any man be in grace, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in the grace of God, he says he's a new creature, which means your kind has never existed before. I know you wake up this morning and all of a sudden, maybe for some of you, you fart in your house and it's in the smelly. I'm like, oh my God, my fart smells. Yes, enjoy your smell yourself. Not <laughs> the one who did that. But even with the smell in the house, God is still seeing you based on his grace upon your life that you are a new creature. That that fat that the smelling, that my dear, I hear the father smelling, but you are in me, you are new. I'm not smelling. Guess what? You're the one who farts in your house. God is not smelling the fat. All God has seen is just seeing his creature that is currently brown new. He's a tear robber. Your kind just came out from the factory. Chassis clean. Your kind is the one that literally after God created, when God was creating, he was rested when he created you. That's exactly what grace is. God was in the rested life reality when he created you. And that's exactly who you are. You see, if any man being in Christ is a new creation. He says, all things, it don't pass away. All things don't go. Stop bringing all things back. He said, behold, all things. So they become new, which means from today, via the communion, as we are going to partake of the communion, the newness of Christ's life becomes from today. Ah, he says the new, he says all things have passed away. So the strength of our communion service this morning is as we partake of this communion, the newness of Christ's life. That for the totality for us, Christ is so am I. Every of the eight that I've mentioned becomes a reality. That this communion enforces that reality to be a part of us. Ah. Oh, look, look, look. look at what it says in Romans chapter 6 verse 4. 
Romans 6 verse 4. He said, wherefore, therefore, that we've been buried through him with the baptism into death. He says, in order that just as Christ was buried from the dead, he says, through the glory of the Father, he says, we too walk in that newness. Jesus was buried. He got resurrected, seated far above principalities and power, like I taught you yesterday. Now he's at the top, certified for the top. He says, we also walk in that newness. If your Bible is correct, you will see it. He says, wherefore, he says, we therefore buried with him through the baptism into death. He says, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, he says, we too. So all of Christ did. I was also doing it with him. It's just the fact that your eyes was not open to see me and Christ in it together. <laughs> newness of life. Newness of life. When we talk about the newness of life, four things come to mind quickly. Four things come to mind. When we talk about newness of life, the number one thing is the fact that salvation through Christ. The newness there means salvation. I've been saved through grace. It is not of me, so I can't boast. Number two there, it talks about the transformation reality, which means the me that you know before, because I was drinking, I was clubbing, I was what, what, what. You know, the other day, talking about clubbing. The other day, I remember, I was saying, you know, this is just in a conversation with my wife, but I'll put you guys into it. <laughs> I was saying to my wife, I'm like, okay, babies, yes. I think we, we went out, and we're in Monte Cassino. And so we went out, and we're walking. I'm like, well, babies, yes. No, honestly, truthfully be told, I've not been to club. The highest club I've been to is shooting movie. I know that sounds like strange. Yeah? There are certain things that maybe people don't believe that people there are people on earth that have not done certain things. Me, number one, I've not been to club. And I was saying to my wife, I said, baby says, come on, come, 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 come. I want to go to club. Let me just go and see what is there. <laughs> my wife was la no, the laugh, she laughed at me at the at the what's it called? At uh, Monte Cassino. I felt bad. I'm like, but babe, calm down. I'm like, I, I just want to see what is happening there. He's like, he said, you will be so bored. I said, ah, let me don't go. But guess what? My wife was now saying something to me, which is, which is quite interesting. He says, I do not look forward going there because she has been there. The transformational reality that is taking place according to the newness of God in her cannot make her. I'm the one who is even trying, babe, please. Because I don't, if you ask me which club is in South Africa, I just know the name. They call it Kubana. Where Kubana is, I do not even have a clue. Where Location, I don't know. Both home in Nigeria, I've not been to club. South Africa, I'm not, I don't even know how that place looks like. I just watch it on TV. That's how far. Or probably I read it on news. Where they said, okay, that's it, the, fire, the, fire, the fastest, the only time I remember that was Kubana. When Kubana came to my, that former minister who slapped that female at the club. <laughs> that's, that's how far I've been to club in my house, but in my mind. <laughs> but guess what? When the newness of life comes into you, it transforms you. Where things that used to have a hold in you does not have a hold anymore. Because why? You are new in Christ. What also the newness of life, number three, does is the fact that you are now identified with him as one. The newness of Christ makes you identified with Christ. And number four, the newness guarantees your freedom from every oppression and the bondage of the grip of sin. It guarantees your newness, I mean guarantees your freedom from every bondage and the oppressions of sin, including the power of evil and darkness. Ah! I can't say a lot, my dear. But I'm going to pause here this morning. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to pause here. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. What is the prayer with having your communion there? The Bible says here in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 18 and 19. I mean from verse 18 to 20. 1 Peter 1. Let me say this as I read 1 Peter 1. My dear, hear me. The grace that you are currently experiencing that I'm trying to teach you is the fact that that grace 
you were bought with a price. Therefore, hear me, honor God, honor him. You were bought with a price. See, the grace of God upon your life is not cheap. It costs God its only begotten son. Honor God with it. I think that's just the only appeal I will appeal with you. I'm not saying serve Darlington. I'm not saying serve any man of God. Honor God with that grace. Honor God with that. That's all I'm asking you. Honor God. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God in your mind, in your soul, and in your body. Honor. Don't become slave to men. Honor God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 20, because that's going to be our scripture that we're going to use to pray this morning in our communion. First Peter 1, 18 to 20. It says, it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible seed, it says, as silver and gold, it says, from your vain conversation received by tradition of a father. It says, but with the precious blood of Jesus, which is what we are about to partake. It says, as of the lamb, that is what, without blemish and spot. It says, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. It says, but was made manifest in this last time for you. When we partake of the communion, we are, de we are definitely celebrating, remembering what Christ has done. He says here that this lamb that was made available for us as a living sacrifice, is saying that it is without blemish and without spot. It says it's an incorruptible seed. Now, that is the grace. In fact, in part, I wish I could put this one as number 10. That is the number 10 grace, is the fact that you are an incorruptible seed. So as we are about to partake of the communion this morning, and I want you to look at the communion, I want you to begin to see an incorruptible seed. That as I partake of this incorruptible seed, a blood and a body that is without spot and wrinkle, as it gets into me, it changes anything that looks like corruption in me. Maybe for some of you this morning, that is a plan of the devil that before this week will come to an end or this month will come to an end, you are going to pay a heavy bill at the hospital. The blood and the body of Jesus go ahead and begin to destroy that corruptible seed that is trying to find expression in me. He says that the blood, he says, he said the blood, he says, is without blemish, without spot, without wrinkles. He says it's an incorruptible seed. And that's exactly what you're about to partake this morning. And so we are going to pray this morning, Lord, as I partake of this communion, ah, Lord, everything that looks corrupt in me, everything that looks like a blemish, everything that looks like a dent in my life, dent in my finance, career, and everything, Lord, let this blood, let this communion, let it change all in my life. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, I declare this morning by the mercy of God, as I partake of this communion, like your word says, Father, that Father, this is an incorruptible seed. I declare over this communion, Lord, any 
anything that is corrupting in my body, anything that is blocking my body, anything that is blocking my mind, my soul, and my spirit, Lord, I cause it from the root. They are hereby terminated. As I partake of the blood, I partake of the blood of Jesus. As I partake of its body, I partake of the body of Christ. So therefore, anything dead in me, they becomes alive. Anything that is not functioning in me, they start to function. Anything that is in Christ, that is not finding expression in me, by the power of the communion, by the power of this grace called Jesus, Lord, they find expression. Lord, all of the nine things that we've been mentioning this morning, Lord, they find expression in me. Lord, by your grace, every spot, somebody pray that prayer. I felt led again for us to pray it. Lord, by your grace, every spot in me, every blemish, not represented in this mystery called grace, Lord, I command them by the communion, let them break. Let their hold upon my life be destroyed. Lord, the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Before we take our communion, I want us to pray this next prayer point. It's going to come in from, I mean, it's coming from the book of Zechariah chapter 4 from verse 6 to verse 9. Uh, because why? I want us to shout grace. We're going to shout grace. Oh, yes. We're going to shout grace. And I'm going to teach you how to shout the grace. You're going to shout the grace on things that are not working. You're going to shout the grace on things that are stopping you. You're going to shout the grace on things that are barricading you. I'm happy that in your, in your house you can shout so that at least you don't say, okay, fine. Ah. So you take your time, you'll call grace. Look at what the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 to 9. Look, let's look at it. Let's look at it. We're doing Bible this morning. Bible this morning. He says, then he answered and spake unto me. This is Zechariah was talking about what God said to him. He said, the word of the Lord come unto me, come unto Zerubbabel, saying, it is not by power, it is not by mind. We are about to engage this grace via the communion that from today and what? Let's grace kick in. It is not from today and what? It is not going to be by my power. It is not going to be by my mind, but by the Spirit, see the Lord. Look at what it says in verse 7. It says, Who art thou, O mountain, before Darlington Steve? I'm calling my name because Zerubbabel, he says, God was showing me an example. Who art thou, O mountain, before Darlington Steve? He said, Thou shalt become plain. He says, And he shall bring forth a headstone, therefore with shouting, crying, what? Grace, grace unto it. He says that Darlington will have to shout grace. Unto. The reason why the mountain is not pulling down is because we're not shouting grace. Oh, yes. And so this morning, we're going to shout grace on that mountain that is before you. You are going to use the communion. The Lord has a partake of this communion, and I shout my grace. Lord, this mountain that is before me shall become plain. Lord, this problem that is looking at my face, staring into me as if we are doing one-to-one -one shall become plain. Lord, this very particular challenge shall become plain. He now says in verse 8, he said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, he said, the hand of Darlington has laid the foundation. The hand of Darlington has started platform church. The hand of Darlington has started Africa. One has started Tech Africa, has started dexterity. The hand of Darlington has started it. So, therefore, the hand of Darlington, he says, will finish it. He said, And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you 
But it says it's on the strength of you shouting what? Grace. You're going to open your mouth. You're going to shout, Lord, grace over these challenges. Ah, it says with shouting and crying, grace, grace. It says unto this matter. Open your mouth where you are in your own house. You know where the thing pains you. You know how you manage to, you, you gather two plus three, you are feeding from hand to mouth and all of those things. You are t- God, grace. I call grace to the matters of this. I call grace to this. He says with shouting and crying for some of you, if you are tired like me, you will cry your way shouting grace. Grace, show up for me. Grace, manifest in this matter. Grace. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Rafeneko savina kramanata selehutata. Avivranata getuska pranate hirata. Leko menesha dakilakosa. Lokonsanem platform. Grace. 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 Avrekodosha manaka gilakosa. Lokonsanem afriwana. Grace. 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 Lokonsanem. Son in my marriage, grace, 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 Lord, concerning my children, Ella Michaela, grace, 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 Raveneko Sabanakakilata, Lord, concerning everyone listening to me this morning, Oscar Branato Shutter, grace, grace, let grace permit manifest, let grace represent them, let grace speak for them, let grace, Karato Shabalata. Somebody shall grace this morning. Grace. For somebody you are seeing the mountain before you are. Shout grace where you are. Shout grace where you are. Shout grace where you are. The Lord is saying to me right now that by the time we take the communion, you will look at that problem this month and they would not be there. You will look at the mountain this month and it will not be standing because why? Grace has given you new life. Grace has given you hope. Grace has given you ashes. Grace has given you new joy and inner peace. Grace has given you salvation. Grace has given you the access to spiritual growth. Grace! Grace, Lord. As you're shouting grace, you're shouting Jesus. Grace! As you're shouting grace, you're shouting Jesus, grace. As you're shouting grace, you're shouting Jesus, grace. Grace. He says, no wonder we see why the mountain fall before Zerubbabel. We thought it was a fact that this guy was praying. We never knew that he was just shouting grace. We never knew that he was calling grace. But now grace is on our inside. Grace been manifested concerning the circumstances. Grace been manifested concerning these problems. Grace been manifested concerning these issues. Lord, as I partake of my communion, grace speaks for me. Grace. Grace. Oh yes, grace. Somebody declared one more time, grace. Oh yes, in the next one minute, I just wanted to be calling the word grace. Oh, uh, grace in my finance, grace. Grace in my marriage, grace. 
Grace with my wife. Grace. Grace with Ella Michaela and Ephraim. Grace. Grace with platform. Grace. Grace with this nation, South Africa. Grace. Grace with the continent. Grace. Grace with my sibling. Grace. Grace with my parent. Grace. Grace with my in-laws. Grace. Oh yes, grace, grace. I call on grace this day. Grace, speak for me. I call on grace. I refuse to bring my works. It is, a, it is not by power, nor by mind, but by the spirit of the Lord. Grace, grace, grace. Ranos, grace. I don't know about you, but you can feel the power of God right now in your life. Grace. Grace. Grace, Lord, grace, grace, grace. Lord, concerning these, Lord, grace, grace, grace. Lord, concerning the problem, grace. Lord, concerning the circumstances, grace. Lord, concerning the difficulty, grace. Lord, concerning the shame, grace, grace. Habina kona grina katate kole bedesha latata. Likoma natina kronos lemina katoli gerekete. For somebody just begin to speak in tongues right now. In one minute, speak in tongues. Linoska vrimanata lekoske prinanana. Halina kosi prenete kilakano tobina neniko tubaladisata. Havrimanata lugina satina bronoto gilata. Halevrinata zanekota malezi kandalina kopenina. Arena kota salanino kuruvna sadira. Ranaka binoto zina kadina nano. Grace. Grace. Somebody begin to thank God for grace. Begin to thank God for grace. Begin to thank God for grace. Grace. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for grace. 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 In that same place of being grateful for grace, I wanted to take your communion. The Bible says in the same manner, after he has finished eating, he took the bread and he broke it. I want you to break your bread. I want you to break your bread. And I broke it. It says, this is my body. It says, as you do eat it, it says, you eat it in remembrance of me. As you are eating, remember that you are eating grace. Now partake of the body. Grace. 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 As you are doing that, we call it grace. 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 He says, after the supper was ended, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood that has been shed for the remissions of sins. Uh, the blood was poured out that you and I become one with the divine. His life was shared on the cross that you and I can have the life of God. As I take this communion, for somebody speak and begin to say, Lord, this becomes the life of Jesus at work in me. Grace. Ah. I'm just feeling the power of God. Grace. Grace. Oh, manasco franasa likakosata. Grace. 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 Lord, I declare that this communion right now becomes the blood of Jesus. As your people partake of it, life be transfused into them. Life come alive from them. 
whatever is dead, Lord, that is not of you, come alive. In this month of June, grace, speak for us. Thank you, Father. I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Now partake of the, of the blood. Partake of the blood. Mm. Ah. Father, Lord, we thank you. Let me pray for you all this morning. We have partake of the blood and we have partake of your body this morning. Lord, we have looked into your word as to what grace and the benefits that comes. Lord, I pray for everyone that is on this service this morning and those that will be listening later on. Lord, let grace speak for them. Lord, we come understanding that it is not by our power and by our mind. We've come to understand that grace is available in times of difficulties. We understand that grace also is available for us for spiritual growth and transformation. We understand that grace also has created and sponsored a newness of life that gives us identity in Christ. I ask that this morning, in the simplicity of this truth, Holy Spirit, walk the grace out from them in the name of Jesus. I ask that their eyes be open to see all that you have made available for them. All in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone this morning. Hear me. This week shall become your most week with joy untold in the name of Jesus. You will experience joy. The kind of joy that you've never experienced before. Begin to experience it now in the name of Jesus. For somebody, you've been living a life of pain and sorrow, shame, and you do not know. But here I come in this morning. I speak grace to you. Uh, I declare that the grace make you and make you become like Christ out of that crunch and out of that hold of the devil. In the name of Jesus. Every power of darkness working in your life, I curse it out of your life. I curse it out of your life. Thank you, Father, because I know that this is done. Holy Spirit. I give you access to everyone's life that is in this service. Walk in them. Walk with them. And walk through them in the name of Jesus. At the end of it all, Father, let the name of Christ be manifest. To you I give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.